I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to This is the Jet Life with Dan Burnham, your guide to the New York Jets sports and much more. And now, your host, Dan Burnham. What is up, everybody? And welcome, Aaron Rodgers, to the New York Jets. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It has happened. The Green Bay Packers have officially agreed to terms with the New York Jets to send Rodgers here. We're going to have him for the 2023 season, hopefully beyond. But for right now, three days before the NFL draft, we are feeling absolutely sky high because the New York Jets just added not only a quarterback to the roster that's well above any Wilson, Flacco, White. We've added one of the greatest, most generationally talented quarterbacks any of us have ever had the pleasure of watching play. He's still at a very, very good point in his career. He's old, yeah, he's getting there, but he's also wise and a veteran, and he's going to work with all these young players that we have and make everybody so much better, and this Jets team, 2023, is going to be incredible to watch. Expectations will be sky high. They probably should be. We probably won't meet them. It'll end up being like, oh, we didn't quite get there, but you know what? The Jets just did what they needed to do to compete this year, to give themselves a real chance to win a Super Bowl, And to make this a fun team, a playoff team, a double-digit win team, something that we haven't had the pleasure of watching in a long time, and this is absolutely incredible. Aaron Rodgers is coming to the Jets. This happened about 45 minutes ago from me recording this, so I talked to my dad, obviously. I called him instantly and talked to him about it for about 25 minutes, drove home. Now I'm recording this thing, and it's still fresh. I haven't had a chance to really truly process it. I think everybody's kind of envisioned it for the past month, month and a half, what it could be like. But now that it's actually happening right now, it it feels like a dream. It feels impossible. It felt impossible when he said on the Pat McAfee show that his intentions were to play for the Jets. It felt impossible today when the Jets agreed to terms with the Packers to acquire him. And it's going to feel impossible to see him suiting up for the Jets week one or doing a press conference introductory for the Jets being there, talking to our guys, and 
man, I couldn't be more excited. This was my number one goal, number one dream of the offseason was if we could get Aaron Rodgers, and it felt impossible. And if we did get him, it felt like it was going to cost the entire farm. But it didn't. It's actually a reasonable deal. We're going to get into all of that. Obviously, this podcast is going to be on the fly. And the outline that I originally had was kind of centered around, like, what's the holdup with Aaron Rodgers? Are we going to see something before the draft? My dad's father time's talking about that as well. We both predicted that we would see a trade before the draft, but still, we got to do this thing a little bit differently. So this was going to be primarily a draft preview podcast, but that's not going to happen anymore today. This is going to be an Aaron Rodgers Welcome to the Jets podcast. It's going to be a a little bit of an update on some of the transactions and news and notes that the Jets have had in the past you know, months since the last podcast. But it's not going to focus on the draft at all. It's going to focus on Aaron Rodgers. And then I'm going to put another podcast out right after that that's going to be focusing on the draft. So breaking it up into those micro episodes or whatever, I've been trying to do the smaller versions. And uh, we'll see how that goes. So I am a, a little bit frantic in this one. Just bear with me. Bear with me as we have some fun. The what's on tap is going to be in next ep- or the the what's on tap is going to be in this episode. The father time is going to be on next episode because that is centered around the draft. But those two podcasts are going to come out at the same time, and then also coming out today was the fans first mock draft. So the network that I'm on, fans first sports network, has contributors for all different teams, kind of like SB Nation did, and we did a mock draft where each contributor did the pick for their team. So I got to pick for the Jets at pick 13. So you can see that it's actually in my feed right now, the fans first sports network mock draft. Take a look at that, see who I picked for the Jets at 13. And yeah, rate, review, subscribe to this podcast anywhere it's found. Follow me on Twitter at Jets underscore Dan, all that stuff. So unimportant when you put it next to the fact that we just added Aaron freaking Rodgers. Let's talk about it. What are the terms of this deal? It's everything's been agreed to. The pick's not going to be submitted to the NFL for a day or two, so it's not actually officially official. We're going to get one of those officially official updates from Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport and everybody that covers the media for this thing when it actually goes through. But at this point in time, it feels like it's all but done. And the details are as follows. The Jets are going to be acquiring Aaron Rodgers, the number 15 overall pick in this year's draft, and the number 170 pick in this draft, which is going to be a fifth rounder. The Packers are going to get the Jets' 13th pick, our second round pick number 42, pick number 207 in the sixth round, and then next year they're going to get a second round pick in 2024 that if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps this year, it will become a first round pick next year. So when we unpack this thing, we essentially did a pick swap in round one from 13 to 15. We did a pick swap from round five and six. We're going to go to 170. They're going to get 207. So we upgraded there about 37 picks. We give up 42. So that's the first thing lost this year. And then next year, a second round pick that can become a first. So the, the second round pick this year, I'm okay losing it. It was nice trading Elijah Moore, having enough ammo to keep that 43 pick. So we still have a second round pick in this year's draft. We still have our first round pick in this year's draft. We move up in the fifth round. A lot of things are good. The big... The big bruiser there, you know, the losing is uh, next year's pick, and that's going to be a second-round pick. If Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps, which would be awesome, it's going to become a first-round pick. But if Aaron Rodgers realistically is playing 65% of the snaps, that means he's pretty healthy this year. It means that the Jets are probably competing, playing pretty well. 
my guess is they probably are a double-digit win team. Probably going to be drafting in the 20s, maybe even 30s if things go really well. So it's not like a, a really high-end first-round pick. It's not like giving up the 13 this year. It's not like giving up a top-10 pick. It's going to be giving up probably a late teens, 20s, maybe even 30s if we're lucky. That's if he plays 65% of the snap. It gives us that little bit of a buffer if something crazy happens with Aaron Rodgers and he gets injured in like week three and we never get to see the whole thing unfold and it's like, oh my God, that's so unfair. So Jets to have this happen, at least in that situation, we still retain our first round pick the following year to go after a quarterback or whatever else we'd want to do. So a little bit of wiggle room there. Nothing in the contingencies that we've seen regarding anything with Aaron Rodgers playing in 2024 or beyond. So it looks like this is going to be the deal. And I think that, you know, I said it in the last couple of podcasts, I don't think the Packers wanted to have a lot banking on Aaron Rodgers' decisions of retirement or coming back. I don't think they wanted contingencies on that. 65% of snaps, that's easy because by the end of the year, January, they're going to know exactly what it is. They don't have to wait for Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't have to do with him or any of his personal decisions at all. They'll know what it is. So I think in this situation, is it a little bit more than I would want to give up? Probably. But is it less than the Packers want to get? Absolutely. And when this whole thing went down and it was like, hey, Aaron Rodgers could become a New York Jet, the first thought is like, oh, my God, it's going to cost multiple firsts or something crazy to get this guy because he's an all-timer. Then time goes on and it's like, you know what? The Packers actually can't really keep him, and now it's a mess over there, so they can't really get anything, and the Jets have all the leverage. And in the grand scheme of things, we ended somewhere in the middle where neither team gets exactly what they wanted. We didn't get to give nothing up. We had to give up something pretty valuable next year and then the second-round pick this year. And the Packers, they didn't get a bunch of first-round picks for trading. Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets, they should have gotten, you know, the world, right? You would think. But the way it worked out, both sides come out in a pretty good situation. Sounds like Aaron Rodgers is going to sign a revised contract with the Packers to facilitate the trade coming over to the Jets. So I'm not exactly sure what that's going to look like. But one way or another, it's going to be a little bit more manageable for the Packers. And the Jets are going to have to make space, of course, for Aaron Rodgers to come here. We're going to see what that ends up looking like. So a lot of details still still to come. This is just kind of an initial reaction to it all. But, wow, it's crazy. I think that when you look at pick swapping 13 to 15, I think it's a little bit more significant than it seems just because of the fact the teams that are ahead of them. Um, the Jets were at 13, and at 14 is the Patriots. At 15 was the Packers. Now the Jets will be at 15. The Packers will be at 13. Patriots at 14. So the Patriots are one spot before. Very possible the Patriots go after a tackle. Packers could also go after a tackle. And that felt like the kind of obvious position the Jets would go after at pick 13, looking at a Paris Johnson, Broderick Jones, Peter Skaronsky, or Darnell Wright. And now the fact that those two teams are ahead of the Jets, we actually may not have the opportunity there. So do they have to pivot to another position? Do they go after one of the lower-end guys in this year's draft, like a Darnell Wright at that position? Do they try to trade back and try to acquire more picks? Because now with this thing going down, the Jets only actually have, at this point in time, five picks in this year's draft. So does Joe Douglas want to acquire more? I think he does. Whether or not that comes from the first-round pick, whether or not that comes from the second-round pick, or something later on, we're going to find out. But we know Joe Douglas has a pretty good manipulation of the draft board, likes to move around on draft day, and... uh it's pretty significant there, but it's nice to add that extra fifth-round pick. Giving up pick 207 to go to 170 is potentially going to be a pretty big deal. Whether you draft the player at 170 or whether or not you have that extra ammo to pair with another pick to get where you need to get 
maybe a little bit higher up, or whatever they want to do there. It, uh, it's pretty awesome. So Aaron Rodgers is coming to the New York Jets to play quarterback. We've been watching Mark Sanchez and Geno Smith. We didn't get to see Christian Hackenberg, but we could have seen that shit show. We watched Sam Darnold struggle seeing ghosts. Zach Wilson, a nightmare back there. We saw at its best guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh McCown. And now, at long last, it's Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is going to wear number eight, it sounds like, which was Elijah Moore's old number. It was also Aaron Rodgers' number at California when he was in college. So it makes sense there. He's not going to go with 12. Respect the great Joe Namath. Leave 12 alone. It's a retired number for the Jets. And even though Joe Namath offered it up to Aaron Rodgers to wear, still, it's really not Rodgers' number. That is absolutely a, a Joe Namath thing. Um, man, what, what are the expectations now when you look at Aaron Rodgers coming to this team? I think there's a couple things to think about. I think team performance overall... I'm not going to say Super Bowl or bust. I'm not going to say AFC Championship or bust. But I'm going to say if he's playing 65% of the snaps this year, the Jets should win double-digit games, at least 10 games, and they should make the playoffs. If I want to go one step further, I do think the Jets should win a playoff game. But the Jets' division, AFC East, is still very difficult. It's still going to be hard to beat the Buffalo Bills because they're, you know, a perennial the last four or five years. They've been winning 11, 12, 13, 14 games. The Dolphins are obviously trying to get to that point where they can win double-digit games as well. The Patriots are no walk in the park still. They're still a sneaky team and are going to pick up wins here and there. And if the Jets have a couple bad luck, a little misfortune or something, it's not going to be just like a cakewalk to win the AFC East. They could be going in as a wild card. But to make the playoffs, to have 10-plus wins, to give us a real competitive thing, and then beyond that, being able to evaluate all of the youth on this team at such a higher level because... Aaron Rodgers is going to make every single player on this team better. Aaron Rodgers is going to make the running backs live easier. He's going to make the offensive lines life easier because he's not going to hold onto the ball for four seconds. He's going to throw in three seconds or under. He's going to have good awareness in the pocket. He's not going to take a bunch of bad sacks. He's going to get the ball away. No one to do check downs. He's going to do a lot of audibles and actually understand pre-snap defenses and what he wants to do, where he wants to go. Say, you know what? I have a mismatch here. Stuff that we just don't see the young quarterbacks of the last 15 years doing for the Jets. They don't do a lot of audibles. They don't do a lot of changes and take advantage of defenses. They're more confused than anything. We now have a guy who's going to be confident, composed, comfortable in the pocket, and distributing the ball to our wide receivers, who've had quarterbacks throwing for like 2,500 yards, on average 3,000 yards in a season. We haven't had a 4,000-yard quarterback passing since Joe Namath. And Aaron Rodgers is coming in here with the ability to get us there. On a bad season last year, with an avulsion fracture in his thumb, similar to kind of what Mekhi Becton had in his knee, um, that avulsion fracture he played last year, still through the injury, with probably the worst supporting cast he's ever had around him in Green Bay. And he had 65% completion percentage, 3,700 yards, 26 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. I mean, that right there would be one of the best seasons in Jets quarterback history. And I think the bar should be much higher. One, he's recovering from that injury. He's going to be in a better place. Two, our roster is better than the Packers. Three, Aaron Rodgers has something to prove right now. And I think we are going to come out with our our hair on fire. We are going to kick some butt. And we're going to play a lot of primetime games to see it, too. Because this team was getting one, two, three primetime games per year. And now it's going to be Monday Night Football, 
Guaranteed. Sunday Night Football, guaranteed this year. We're going to be seeing the Jets on the national stage, and we're going to see those wide receivers getting great passes from Aaron Rodgers, who's going to have more output than any of the other quarterbacks we've seen. So receivers are eating. Tight ends. Tyler Conklin, CJ Uzoma. What an opportunity for two veterans to pair with a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who's going to get them the ball in the perfect spots. To have a guy like Alan Lazard, who's already worked with Aaron Rodgers and kind of knows not only how to get open, but can also teach the teammates, hey, this is what Aaron Rodgers likes. These are the types of throws he does. Hey, when you do this, you know, little things just to help coordinate everything. Garrett Wilson, realistically, could be breaking Jets records for receiving this year. And then if you say the running back's job is going to be much easier because you have all these weapons and, like, the threat of Aaron Rodgers, you can't stack the box, if Brees Hall is healthy, he could have a legendary Jets season this year, and we've had some really good running back seasons. It's going to be an opportunity for a guy like Makai Becton to try to earn another big contract from the Jets. It's going to be an opportunity for Michael Carter to catch swing passes out of the backfield and show his worth, for Mecole Hardman to catch bombs down the field. Doesn't sound like Corey Davis is a part of this deal, so whether or not the Jets are able to move him elsewhere before the draft or whether or not they want to retain him, that I'm not sure of, but he's not part of this trade. The Jets will have to make some cap space somehow when we figure out the financial details of the Rodgers contract, and Corey Davis is one of those guys that's eligible to be removed from the team with no dead cap. But with Corey Davis there too, I mean, just think of what the Jets can do offensively. And now think of the flip side. Think of the defense. And for the first time, not having a bunch of short fields, not starting at midfield all the time, not having quarterbacks go three and out or giving up bad interceptions or being 14 points down and just having a team run on you over and over, just grind you into the dirt. How about being up in games? How about having long fields for the opposing offense to have to drive? Now you're talking about opportunities where the quarterbacks and the other team are like, shoot, we got to make something happen. We better drop back and pass in this game. We're down, you know, two or three scores to the Jets. we got to try to figure out a way to, you know, I know it's third and, you know, fourth and 15, but we got to try to find a way to get downfield. Now the guys are getting extra sacks. We're getting after the quarterback. We're getting big interceptions late in games. I mean, everybody's going to have a better season this year because Aaron Rodgers is here. Robert Sala is going to keep his job. Joe Douglas is going to keep his job. Nathaniel Hackett's going to look like a genius again. Jeff Albrecht, who knows, he's going to be a potential candidate to be a head coach on another team a year from now. This whole thing, it's only maybe one year, 2023 with Aaron Rodgers, but this whole thing just accelerated so fast to like, man, a couple years ago we were just unloading Jamal Adams and Sam Darnold to get draft picks. And in just a couple years we've added in these guys, these Elijah Vera Tuckers, Sauce Gardners, Brees Halls, Garrett Wilson's one after another after another. It happened so fast. And then we plug in Aaron Rodgers for what feels like pennies on the dollar because he's one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen play. And now he's coming here feeling good with something to prove to help get the Jets to the promised land, at least the playoffs. And this is going to be one hell of a season. This is easily one of the biggest days in New York Jets history. Right now, we're here for it. Now, an hour old now. It happened at about... I think, what, 4.15 or so in the afternoon. I'm recording this. It's 5.30 right now on April 24th, 2023. The Jets agree to terms with the Green Bay Packers to get Aaron Rodgers. There's nothing better than him. You don't get an opportunity to get Patrick Mahomes, who's the best quarterback in the league. You don't get to get him. He gets that massive contract. He stays with the Chiefs. 
Doesn't happen. Getting Rodgers is basically impossible. But it happened. Joe Douglas made it happen. And we're giving up a second or first round pick next year. A second round pick this year. Moving back two spots in the first round. Picking up a fifth round pick. It just... uh, It can't be overstated how amazing this is. It hasn't even happened yet. And the Jets are kings of winning the offseason. We've said it before. We've gotten C.J. Mosley and Le'Veon Bell and Brandon Marshalls and stuff and talked about how, wow, the Jets win another offseason. That's just so Jets. But this is different. This is getting Brett Favre, but better. This is getting Peyton Manning when the Broncos got him, but better because Peyton Manning was coming back from a more serious injury. And what did that yield for the Broncos? It won a Super Bowl for him. Had a freaking awesome season of like amazing numbers all across the board and big contracts for those players and Hall of Famers being born and all sorts of great stuff. And I want to, you know, kind of warn everybody now because the expectations and the hype around the Jets are going to be massive. It's going to be everything you hear on the radio today, tomorrow, for the next couple of weeks, other than the draft stuff, is going to be Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. It's going to be whether or not he reports to minicamp, to training camp. So is he getting enough time in? Does Aaron Rodgers really care? All that stuff's not really that important. His health is important, and then him knowing the playbook is important, but it sounds like because he's worked with Hackett, he probably basically already does. We signed Tim Boyle, a quarterback I'm going to talk about in just a little bit, to be there and help install that offense too, just in case Aaron Rodgers isn't there for any portion of it. But there's going to be all this drama and all this talk of the New York Jets, and because of that, the expectations, the hype, is going to be so enormous that everyone's going to try to poke holes in this team. One, for just being annoyed that New York is dominating the headlines again. Two, because they want to see Aaron Rodgers and the Jets fail and all that. We're all high and mighty. We're going to be taking over Twitter, Instagram, and all those websites and stuff in the next couple days just talking about how great this is. And everyone else is going to hate it. And they're going to say it's not deserved. The Jets haven't won anything yet. And when we win a playoff game or two and then maybe lose in the AFC Championship in what would be an absolutely incredible, remarkable blast of a season for the Jets, People are going to say it was a failure. Oh, how could the Jets do this to give up what they did? But the opportunity to give up basically like a pick or two that maybe aren't even all that significant in the grand scheme of things to put your team in this position right away, it's worth it 10 times out of 10 regardless of the result. It's already a success just getting him here for this, getting him onto this team. There's a success there. So the failure really doesn't exist unless the team is as bad as it was with Zach Wilson which, frankly, if Aaron Rodgers plays, is never going to be the case. So while everyone will say, wow, the Jets didn't win a Super Bowl, what a failure it was getting Aaron Rodgers, we know that not to be true. We know that we're in the mix for it right now. We're having a fun season, something that Jets fans would be begging for year after year. Can we just be competitive? Can we watch playoff games? Can we see the Jets win double-digit games, get a quarterback, make a big move? All of that stuff has been answered question is how far is it going to go and yeah I don't know anything is possible but I'm here for it I'm excited welcome to the New York Jets Aaron Rodgers so very crazy still very fresh in my head I apologize for all of the rambling and all the franticness no outline just kind of going on the fly here talking about how the Jets just acquired 
someone who's won MVP two out of the last three seasons, both working with the offensive coordinator the Jets currently have. I mean, it's just, uh, we're going to have a lot of time throughout the offseason, the beginning of the season and everything to talk about Aaron Rodgers a little bit more analytically and what he brings to the table. We'll know a little bit of the financial details at that point point. talk about whether or not the Jets are on the hook for a large sum of money if we were able to retain a guy like Corey Davis or somebody else on the roster perhaps. But there's a lot more to come. This is just the initial reaction to signing the best quarterback to play for this team since Joe Namath. And uh, we do have to take a quick break and talk about some other stuff, believe it or not. But before we do, we have to take a quick pit stop to the cabinet for a little what's on tap. That is right, folks. We are going to the cabinet today for a little top-shelf liquor, the best thing that I have in the cabinet, and that is Blanton's Single Barrel Select Whiskey. This is a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, and if you've heard of it, you know how good it is. If you haven't, it's hard to find. you got to know a guy or put in a request at a package store. They can get like one or two bottles at a time, and it's one of the best whiskeys that you can find. This thing is uh, has been waiting on my shelf for a long time. I drank a little bit with the groomsmen for the wedding. I drank a little bit for the Yukon National Championship game, and I'm drinking a little bit today. So some really incredible days in my life for this particular bottle of Blanton's, and there's really no better time and nothing else to celebrate with that I have here. I could have done champagne or something like that, but on a day like this, an old-fashioned glass, two-finger pour of Blanton's is the perfect classy thing. I think Aaron Rodgers would approve as well something like this. In reality, do I need alcohol to feel great? No. I am high on life. You can't match the amount of adrenaline and excitement that I have through any alcohols or drugs. This is that feeling that you get when you have a nice green shot golfing or you catch a huge bass fishing or you sign Aaron Rodgers or win a big game in the NFL. It's really, it's unmatchable. And I love it. I love life. I love Blanton's. I love Aaron Rodgers. And that is this week's What's on Tap. Now, before we go over to some other Jets news and notes, we do have to take a quick commercial break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Alrighty, and welcome back to This is the Jet Life. We could talk about Aaron Rodgers all day long, and I would be happy to do it. And if you want to talk... Engage with me on Twitter, at Jets underscore Dan. Give me a call, email me, whatever. Let's talk about it. I I can't get enough of this stuff. I'll probably call my dad when this podcast is done being recorded. Uh, But it's not the only order of business for it. I did have an original whole other outline for this thing before talking draft stuff. It was going to be doing transactions about the Jets over the past month because we've added a bunch of dudes since, I think, April 7th was my last podcast. And we've added some really big-name guys, including... One today, being Connor McGovern, center who's been for the, with the Jets for the last few years, is coming back, re-signed a deal. I haven't gotten the terms of the deal in terms of length or financials. My expectation is it's a one- or two-year deal and probably somewhere in the ballpark of maybe 
eight, nine million dollars or something like that for him because I think he's a good quality starting center. I also think it's a little late in the process where a lot of teams already have their center, so maybe he doesn't get as much as he's hoping for. Maybe it's just a nice one-year team-friendly deal. But Connor McGovern is coming back, and this is huge for us because coming into this podcast, I actually was starting the outline. Before the Aaron Rodgers rework, I had to do a Connor McGovern rework because center was our number two need behind quarterback. Our number one was quarterback, of course, having only Zach Wilson and Chris Traveller under contract. Number two need was center because we had only Wes Schweitzer, who's a guard capable of playing center, and Tristan Colon, who's a guard capable of playing center, that may not even make the roster. So we obviously needed the center. It was really the only really important position that we didn't have a starter already on our roster. I think you could look at, like, outside linebacker and say without Quan Alexander there, we may not have a guy there. But technically you could play, like, a Jamie and Sherwood or a Hamsa or a Chuck Clark and probably make it work, or even just go nickel. I think you could look at free safety and say that, all right, without LaMarcus Joyner, maybe we don't have a guy there. But between Tony Adams, maybe Chuck Clark, maybe Ashton Davis if we're feeling crazy, I think you have a little bit more there. Center, I didn't feel confident. Because if you're going to switch Wes Schweitzer from being like your utility interior offensive lineman and make him your starting center, then you have no depth on the interior offensive line, except for Tristan Colon, who, like I said, may not even be on the roster. It would create a lot of needs in the draft and everything. But the Jets bring back Connor McGovern, plug him right into the offensive line, and put us in a situation where we could have kind of the same the same idea for the offensive line this year as we would have had last year. A Dwayne Brown, Lakin Tomlinson, Connor McGovern, Elijah Vera Tucker, Mekhi Becton offensive line. So no George Fant, but essentially very similar to what we had last year or could have had last year. Obviously, we're hoping that guys like Mekhi Becton and Elijah Vera Tucker don't get injured. But when you bring back Connor McGovern, you get that continuity. You get a real veteran there, a guy that played all 17 games last year and has proven his durability, so very, very important to have a durable guy in the middle, and a veteran to work with Aaron Rodgers. Connor McGovern is a good player. I think he's like a B, maybe a B, B minus type of center. So definitely someone that you don't have to improve, but you could improve. He's not a great pass blocker, gives up a decent amount of sacks. He's not super powerful, doesn't... Road great people in the run game, but he's solid in the run game. He's pretty athletic, moves around, can pull, get to different guys, pick up stunts. He's been in the league for a long time, so he's a veteran and has seen some stuff. Not a lot of botched snaps, which shouldn't be an issue, but if you remember like a Spencer Long, it used to be an issue. So no bad snaps. And like I said, he played every single game. So very, very important there. And then on the other side, it gives you flexibility in this year's draft where before, I think you would have had to target a center with that pick 42 or pick 43. You'd be looking at a Joe T- Tipman or a Schmitz. You'd be looking at one of these top-tier centers and have to go that route because you wouldn't have had a guy. Or pay Ben Jones or Connor McGovern, who was still a target. Bring back McGovern. You feel great about that. Welcome back to the Jets. Nice addition for the team. Another big move the Jets made in the interior but this time defensive side of the ball. Quinton Jefferson coming over from Seattle, a one-year, $3.6 million deal. Quinton Jefferson has been in the league for a while, and he's a really good pass rusher for an interior defensive lineman. He's quick, athletic, nimble, can get off of blocks of centers and guards and get after the quarterback very easily. He's a better pass rusher than Sheldon Rankins is. That said, he's really bad against the run. He's got crazy high grades against the pass, horrible grades against the run. 
worse than Sheldon Rankins there. So you're going a little bit more feast or famine, pass rush type of guy, which to me, it's nice to have that. Interior defensive line was one of the biggest needs in this team. It was the number three need behind center. But it doesn't give you kind of a full, complete defensive line there. It gives you another guy that can plug in on those second, third down and longs and stuff. I think we've already got Michael Clemens, John Franklin Myers, guys that can get after the passer and play inside. You bring another one in here, it's nice to have that for the rotation. Absolutely, Quentin Jefferson is a nice touch to this team and will get after the quarterback, but we still have a big need for a run-stuffing specialist type of interior defensive lineman because we really only have like Solomon Thomas right now that can kind of do that but isn't high enough caliber player to play on enough downs and really shut down the run for us. That said, with Aaron Rodgers on the team, we're probably going to be winning so many games that who in the hell would even bother running against this team? You're going to have to pass to try to catch up in points all season long, so maybe not as big of a deal. Maybe that was the plan all along. But I think Quentin Jefferson is a nice rotational piece. I think we'll see him make some really nice pressure. I think we'll see him get washed away in the run game. So we'll see what the Jets do to add another kind of run-focused defensive lineman to that front. But in the meantime, welcome to the team, Quentin Jefferson. He is... The third guy signed to that position group, I think we need four. The Jets also sign Tim Boyle, former Green Bay Packers quarterback, was behind Aaron Rodgers. He went to UConn, UConn alum, which is very cool. I'm a UConn fan. But he signs a one-year, $1.1 million deal with $75,000 guaranteed. I don't think there's a chance in hell this guy makes the roster unless there's injuries or the Jets decide to do literally nothing. But I think Zach Wilson is light years ahead of Tim Boyle in terms of current ability, and potential. And I think that Chris Traveller probably brings a little bit more to the team in terms of, like, if you need a guy just to come in in a spot start and, like, do something a little flashy. We saw that from Streveler. He's never going to be a guy to start three weeks in a row. But is a guy that can come in for, like, you know, half a game and do something. They're like, oh, we weren't game planning for this. This guy plays totally different, and it can be kind of effective. Tim Boyle, I don't think, offers much except for holding a clipboard, helping understand Nathaniel Hackett's offense, helping understand Aaron Rodgers and what he needs to do to be successful, help showing the other guys be another kind of coach, especially in training camp and preseason and stuff, to be there. This is what we're trying to do, team. He'll get paid some money, but in reality, Tim Boyle will not be an effective quarterback for the Jets ever. We also bring back Cedric Cedric Ogbui, an offensive lineman who was at one point a first-round draft pick of the Cincinnati Bengals. Failed at that, but has now kind of bounced around, is now a journeyman, kind of veteran offensive tackle that played a little bit for the Jets last year. And I think in the opportunities that he was given when guys went down, I think that he did a decent enough job where he deserved to come back and give us a little bit more flexibility at that offensive tackle position. Because before it was Dwayne Brown, who's 38, huge question mark, right? Just being that old. Makai Becton, who's played one game in the past two years, huge question mark, even though he looks healthy right now, he's played one game in the last two years. We hope he's going to be able to make it. Max Mitchell, who (laughs) was drafted last year, still under contract, is a decent player, not great, but can swing, play both sides, but had health issues last year, had to go on IR for that. We're not sure what his status is like. So it made it one of the most important positions on this team for depth, someone that we absolutely have to address in the draft. But having Cedric Ogbui here gives us a little bit more flexibility where it's not as much of a need because at least you have another guy who's been there a veteran, has played for the Jets, has played on this offensive line next to the guys that we have. And I think there's some continuity there. So I think that was a really nice just depth signing. Whether or not we add more players, 
better players, draft some guys, and Ogbui is on the roster or not, I'm not sure. Maybe he's a practice squad player when it all comes down to it. Maybe he's not even here. But it's nice to have him as an option. And then lastly, Braden Mann was cut. And it was time. We had signed Thomas Morstead, and we were talking about a potential battle there. The Jets were trying to shop Braden Mann and see if they could pick up like a seventh-round pick for him, but they couldn't do that. They caught him. The Steelers signed him. He's going to compete for the Steelers, maybe be their starting punter. But he just wasn't consistent enough. And while I was really high on him coming out of college, he was a good tackler. He was aggressive. He had some cannon punts here and there, did some flashy little things in fake game. But he was so inconsistent and would have some shanks and do some really stupid stuff. And it was just like, man, especially a team that's led by Aaron Rodgers, it's potentially going to go on a playoff run. And we're looking at playoffs now. You can't have a punter in the playoffs in a really important third down or a really important third quarter play, and you got a punter punting at like 23 yards. The other team scores. Boom, you lose the game because of stupid Braden, man. Nah, that can't happen. Cut him. Thomas Morstead's our punter. And that basically wraps up the transactions. Aaron Rodgers, Connor McGovern, Quentin Jefferson, Cedric Ogbui, and then a little bit of Tim Boyle and Braden Mann is gone. That's a nice little update in the past 21 days since the last podcast, huh? I'll tell you. Holy moly. This team just went from, like, a frisky little team with some young players that are kind of cool to watch, up-and-coming team, to, like, okay, these guys may win the AFC East. They could be the biggest, you know, competitor to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in the AFC. They could be a favorite to win Super Bowl. I'm sure the Jets' odds to win Super Bowl are going to go up drastically. And, uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot more Aaron Rodgers talk to come. This is our time right now, and I know we always say it, the Jets' best time, their big Super Bowl is the offseason. And that's true to an extent, but this is enormous. This is a massive NFL trade. Regardless of Jets, this is just massive for the league. So enjoy this time. Enjoy the next week or so of hearing all the NFL pundits, all the media people, Twitter, sports centers, NFL Network, any channel you can go to, just hearing them give their takes on the New York Jets and Aaron Rodgers, hearing Rich Eisen, hearing Bart Scott, all the good old Jets giving their two cents on what the hell just happened because it's awesome and we deserve a little bit of excitement for everything we've dealt with over the years. A little bit too much of that excitement has come in the offseason, but I think that this is setting us up, gearing us up for some excitement in the regular season. So I can't wait to take flight with this New York Jets team. Lots more to come. Rate, review, to subscribe to this podcast anywhere podcasts are found. Stay tuned. The next podcast is going to come out right with this one. It's going to be a draft preview. That's going to include a father time. Right before this podcast, check out the Fans First Sports Network mock draft that we all put together. I put in pick number 13, so I'm on there. All the contributors did their picks. That's pretty cool. Follow me on Twitter, at Jets underscore Dan. And let's go Jets. Welcome Aaron Rodgers. I'm Dan Burnham, and this is an exciting time in the Jet Life. (laughs) 